Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. President Putin's invasion of Ukraine. We're not prepared to call this a retreat. We'll see if they follow through on what they're suggesting. The president talks a good game. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. But at key moments, advocating things that could be possibly provocative. An uptick in COVID-19 infections. We should be prepared requiring masks indoor. They want to control everything you do. Here we go again. They are not retreating from Kiev. They are simply regrouping and reloading. You know, the president needs to stand firm and be strong, and that's what we've been very concerned about. It's a lot of heartache, a lot of death. The Biden administration, and I can't say this more clearly, he doesn't care. He cannot be this naive. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in as I live and breathe. Who is this strange man to my uh, left? Welcome back. Yeah, I needed a break from... uh, From taxes? Yeah, complying with Uncle Sam's (laughs) crazy tax code. (laughs) Well, welcome back. Uh, God bless you. There's a lot of things I could be wanting to do than somebody else's taxes. Like going to the dentist, maybe? (laughs) That's what someone told me last week. He said, you know, I come here, I feel like I'm in the dentist office. Yeah, Yeah, there's certain things in life that you'd rather pass on. Uh, by the way, there is a tornado watch until 8 o'clock tonight for much of eastern North Carolina. It looks like the, the far eastern part of our uh, listening area is not in the watch, but uh, much of eastern North Carolina. It is certainly high winds already on the way in. I thought it was going to get blown over. It is, uh, it is a little breezy out there. I don't think we're going to get as much rain as they first said, but uh, the winds are kicking up. WITN is reporting Senator Tom Tillis announced this morning that he was endorsing a state senator against Representative Madison Cawthorn. Cawthorn uh, was elected two years ago to the state's 11th district, and he has done some weird stuff. Did you see the story out yesterday <laughs> where he was on a podcast? I mean, it was, yeah. uh, what's today? today? It was two days ago. I was off yesterday, actually, uh, on Tuesday. And uh, he got taken to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. He and Kevin McCarthy sat down, and uh, Kevin McCarthy told Madison, uh, buddy, you're going to have to do a lot to earn my trust back. Now, this is all about the fact that he came out with just some, I, I would just say, some bizarre statements. Now, we had a caller on Tuesday that was in strong disagreement with me. He said, well, I, I believe Madison Cawthorn, and look at all the shenanigans. Look at what Bill Clinton did, and I, I'm, there's shenanigans in Washington. I have no doubt about it. But when when you you claim that somebody came up to you and say, "Hey, come on over to my house for an orgy," well, you know, now it's, I think he's come out and, and admitted that really, well, he may have saw someone doing coke in the garage from a hundred yards away or something. That that yeah. was that was out this morning. You know, now that he's kind of stepped in it himself, <laughs> I don't think we've talked about it on air. Maybe I've talked to you off air. You know, the RNC, his speech I thought was outstanding. I didn't know an awful lot about him until then. But I said— This is before he was elected. Before, yeah. Right. And and then afterwards, the more I heard him speak, I said, I don't know about this guy. I really—I'm not surprised. I think he's—I think people that's been, you know, hooking up their wagon to him for the last several months, he just— Every he might time, embarrass you. Every time he spoke, it seems like he just got a little bit more out there. And I, I mean, I don't doubt some of this stuff has happened in Washington, but uh, right. 
you know that. And that's what I said on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it happens, but he he just says some wild stuff. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we'll, we'll uh, you know I I suppose sooner or later we'll find out whether he was right or wrong. I do think he's putting himself now. There's a number of people running. And the last poll that was out, which was probably a month ago, he was way ahead. But he has said a couple of things since that poll. You know, he, he called Vladimir um, Zelensky a, a thug, and that now this has come out, and uh, it just it it doesn't show a lot of wisdom mm. as he says these things. You know, even if they were true, is it is it a wise thing to come out just before your primary election to say these things? I I well, wouldn't think so. Well, speaking of wisdom, and and I and I said this. A few months ago, um, you know, I, I want some. I want some people in Washington that actually have some experience and a little wisdom, you know, and a little age on them. <laughs> Not necessarily a lot of experience as a politician. Yeah, exactly. In fact, the, but life wisdom. The gentleman that uh, Senator Tillis is endorsing, his name Chuck Edwards. Chuck Edwards. Yeah. Have we had him on the show? Not that I remember. I don't think so. I, I've spoken to him before, and he he is a um, you know a business guy. I think he's I think he owns some McDonald's franchises. If I'm I think I'm right on that, but but he's been in business his, his entire career. And we need people that have organizational experience. And Madison Cawthorn may be a fine guy, maybe not, but you know he's a young guy that really hadn't experienced a lot other than working for a couple of p- political campaigns. Yeah. And I, I just we've got too many people in Washington like that. We'll see how it uh, all falls out. Lindsey Graham came out today and said he will oppose uh, Katanji Brown Jackson's nomination to the Supreme Court. He opposed her before he, su- he no he, he, he supported. supported her for the last thing the, the uh, circuit court uh, up in D.C. He supported her for that and voted for that. Uh, it does look like um, Jackson will get at least one vote. Um, Mikowski, uh, we don't know yet, but it looks like, um, boy, I'm getting old. Susan, uh, Susan Collins, Collins from yeah. Maine, yeah, mm-hmm. is uh, speaking of old. Uh, <laughs> looks like she is going to be voting uh, for her. So apparently she, un- unless you have a couple of Democrats say no, I don't see that happening. Graham announced his opposition on the Senate floor today, citing in part Jackson's record as a federal court judge and sentencing child pornography offenders to lesser sentences than the guidelines stated. I oppose and will vote against the nomination of Judge Jackson to the Supreme Court. My decision is based on the record of judicial activism, flawed sentencing methodology regarding child pornography, and a belief that Judge Jackson will not be deterred by the plain meaning of the law when it comes to liberal causes. Bingo. Um, The fact that she does not have a uh, really just a a, uh, what's what's the term for a a judicial philosophy. Mm -hmm. Uh, She came out. Yeah, she's got a philosophy. Early on, yeah, she does. <laughs> and, and to say, I don't have a judicial philosophy. I mean, as I, I've said this on the air. Everybody has a worldview. Hmm. And if you're in, a, in the judiciary, you've got a judicial worldview or a judicial mm-hmm. philosophy. And don't come out and—I mean, everybody does. Yep. Clarence Thomas has one. Everybody that's served has got a, some sort of judicial philosophy. So don't, don't come out with these— yeah, and everybody talks about it. Even Graham came out. Oh, well, she, you know, she's a brilliant mind and blah, blah, blah. I don't think a br- brilliant mind would say, oh, I have no judicial philosophy. No. And and the hypocrisy of the, the Democrats 
you know, were they were during these no. hearings? Um, <laughs> you know, you know, to say, hey, you can't ask her these kind of questions, and 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 they yeah. got all personal oh, yeah. with uh, Amy Comey Barrett, and uh, well, even more so with Kavanaugh. Well, I mean, that that was yeah, that was real personal when you accuse somebody of rape. rape. I mean, yeah. good grief, but. Um, they just acted like any any question the Republicans ask her was well you know they throw throw the race thing in and all that and it's just you know it's foregone conclusion she I mean she was going she's going to get uh, she's going to get nominated and and win and um, so oh everybody said that from the get go she's going to get yeah it. I mean Susan Collins announcing that it's kind of like yeah you're not surprised I mean no. Susan Collins is in a state that's getting bluer by the day and she's a her state of mind or her state of <laughs> yeah. And she, I mean, she's at best a center-left Republican. I mean, that's that's at best. Yeah. Yeah. The um, speaking of which, there was a story about um, older people. I, I really shouldn't uh, talk about stories about old people because I am one. But uh, there's uh, where is it? There was a poll out today talking about um, the cognitive abilities of both uh, Nancy Pelosi and of. Um, the president and Beijing uh, Biden. Well, what's interesting about it is uh, I think it was sixty-one percent of uh, here it is sixty-one percent of uh, those polled question uh, Nancy's ability, and uh, but the, the long and short of it is they would like to see. I mean, this is basically a civil alert from McLaughlin, McLaughlin and uh, Associates. They did a poll. 55% said Biden won't last the term. Uh, The survey shared with the Washington Examiner, 58% said Biden should take a test and release the results. Mm. Cognitive test. 30% said he shouldn't. Um, Asked between Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, who's more incompetent? (laughs) (laughs) I'm number one. Hey, let me think. Let me think about that. (laughs) The survey found that it was a a toss-up. Yeah. Uh, Biden, 15 percent. Uh, Harris is at 11 percent and both are at 33 percent. This means six and 10 voters view either our president, the vice president or both as incompetent. Um, but somewhere in here, there was 61 percent saying that uh, Nancy should take a, uh, a cognitive test and she should release those. Those. Yeah, here it is. McLaughlin said 61 percent want Pelosi to take the test. And release the results as well. She has said some some strange th- things in the last uh, few weeks. Well, I've said I've said many times. It seems like every time I hear her speak, I said, you know, I, I think she's worse than Joe Biden when it comes to cognitive ability. That's not an appropriate question for you to ask. No, it's not, Nancy. But uh, you are bat poop crazy. But no, I really think she's got. Well, I, I, I say this w- w- it, with all sincerity. I, I'm not just poking fun of her. She's come out with a couple times over in the last month, and, and I, I honestly, except for the fact she's not slurring her words too bad, she it, it appears to me that she had one too many cocktails. She's, ni- she's nipping it. Yeah, she's nip- yeah. Mm-hmm. Got a little, uh, got that little vodka tan going on too. <laughs> All red in the face, you know. Washington Examiner is also reporting Russian President Vladimir Putin may be self-isolating and placing some of his advisors in house arrest, this according to Joe. The remarks which the president said he couldn't completely verify. Can he verify anything? (laughs) Came as the president took questions after announcing plans to combat high gas prices. When asked about reports that Putin was being 
misled by his advisors, Biden gave a very surprising response. That's an open question, he said. There's a lot of speculation, but he seems to be, I'm not saying this with certainty, he seems to be self-isolating, and there are some indications that he has fired or put under house arrest some of his advisors. Then he added a few qualifiers, quote, but I don't want to put too much stock in this at this time because we don't have that much hard evidence. I would say this. The one thing that Joe Biden is an expert on would be (laughs) self-isolating. Yeah, absolutely. And and probably Nancy Pelosi (laughs) self-medicating. Um, so anyway, uh, apparently, uh, how many barrels did he say he was going to release a day? Uh, it's mil- like a, a million mil- a day for yeah. the next six months. It's a yeah largest release in history from the strategic oil reserves. Do we have that much? I think it would. They said it would be basically one third of our strategic oil reserves. Wow. And and it's you know anyone in the oil industry knows it. I mean, it'll be a little temporary blip. Uh, on the radar, but uh, all it's doing is making us less safe. But how much? How many barrels do we go through a day anyway? It's more than that. I, I knew the numbers on that a lot more. I knew the numbers on that. I, I want to say, isn't it like a hundred million barrels a day? Yeah, it's. Um, mm. I, so, it, it escapes me, but I looked all that up when when he did it before, and it's 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 quite a bit more than a million barrels a yeah, day. Yeah, it it, uh, it it won't have much. It'll have a short term effect. See if you can look see, look look that up, uh, Clark. See how many barrels of uh, oil we use in the United States a day. I, I for some reason a hundred hundred million barrels a day stands out in my mind, but I'm not absolutely uh, sure. Washington Examiner is reporting that Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears has slammed Joe Biden's attempt to blame energy prices on Russia. Quote, they know that the prices are rising from the day he started, Sears told the Washington Examiner after speaking on an event at American University. We were a net exporter under Trump, and uh, he stopped it the day he took office. That pretty much means it's squarely on his shoulders and the shoulders of Democrats. Of the president's response to rampant inflation, Sears told the Examiner, we ought to continue to drill. 20 million. 20 million. Okay. 20 million I, was, I was five times too high. Yeah. So it's the 20th mm-hmm. of uh, what we would use. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Clark. Good job. Um, yeah, but so he's going to release a, a million barrels a day for the next six months and says the revenue from that will allow us to restock in the future. So is he saying that uh, once Trump is reelected and starts drilling again, the price will drop? And so what we. Are, are, is he just releasing it, or is he selling it? Is he giving it away? I mean, no, he says he's releasing it. It's, no, he'll be releasing it. I, I, it won't be given away, I wouldn't think. It'll okay. just put, be put back on the market, so if, I guess. If it's, if it's sold at today's prices, mm-hmm. then when Trump gets back in office, we can buy it at half the price. But but here's the fundamental question. If you know the Democrat Party's you know, platform is always bad, you know, we're killing the environment, so so why release it? I mean, why, why don't we just— uh, you know, let the solar panels just take over. Well, that's because we have an election coming up. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but uh, it but it will have a uh, I'd probably have a sh- probably have a short term uh, effect on the prices on the just just from pure speculation that it affect that market per- pretty quickly, I would think. But the, the sad truth is, he is using it not because there's a genuine, uh, granted, I know there's a war going on and all that, but it isn't a dire emergency in which you cannot buy gasoline. Well, if the war's, if, you know, the threat of war is going on, then you don't need to be releasing from your strategic exactly. oil reserves. Exactly. So we actually might have a real emergency 
But he's releasing it strictly for political reasons. He's yeah. releasing it to try to get the price down so that the Democrats don't get as shellacked as bad as they're going to get shellacked. And think about this. Think about, I mean, we're we're not there yet, but we are approaching hurricane season. Yeah. And how about if we have a uh, a significant disruption in the supply chain in oil because of some hurricane in the Gulf Coast? <laughs> Well, and that's and, and that's down. why you have the strategic oil supply is yeah. for those kind of emergencies. Or indeed, you know, if this war ramped up and th- there was no oil, then we go to the strategic supply. But I didn't get a chance to hear him talk about it today. But uh, I always love to hear Biden speak when when it's numbers involved because I mean he will just butcher up some numbers. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's probably said a you thousand. Know the, you know the thing. Yeah, the thing. The hundred. He probably said a hundred thousand, ten million, twenty. He's you know. Well, just like I said, a hundred million. But hey, I'm getting old too. So, hey, don't forget it is political uh, trivia today. Your category will be political praise. Hmm. Interesting category. Hmm. Right now, we're gonna take a time out. We come back. We are going to have a special guest, Jay Christian Adams. His uh, organization is the Public Interest Legal Foundation. And they've taken a look at the voter registration of North Carolina, and there are some uh, irregularities. We'll talk to them about that when we get back. What is happening right now in the Ukraine? The Russians are going scorched earth. Russia is preparing to use... To use a chemical weapon. Putin's on track to destroy this country. Why? What's next? This man cannot remain powerful. That means an act of war across the world. Very concerned about where we're at. Questions. 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 Big questions. Be prepared with Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Now back to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back again. Quick look at your weather forecast. Again, remember there is a tornado watch for much of eastern North Carolina. It's at 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, otherwise, thunderstorms this evening and... Uh, Turning partly cloudy later in the evening around midnight, a low of 59. Friday, lots of sunshine. That sounds good. A high of 69. Saturday, sunshine, but a little cooler. High of Saturday of only about 65. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Warmer weather, it's here. What a better way to enjoy the outdoors with family and friends than being greenside or poolside. Voted best golf course in Greenville three years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club is waiving all initiation fees and wants you to join the fun and become a member today. Not a golfer? Ironwood's new social membership includes access to their competition-sized swimming pool, clay surface tennis courts, and member-only full-service restaurant. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. J. Christian Adams is the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Earlier this week, they released their North Carolina voter registration report entitled, long title, Time is Running Out, Silly Obvious Errors in the Voter Roll Can Create Opportunities for Voter Fraud and Chaos in a Close Election. Correcting deceased and duplicate records now will help to preemptively address those risks. Jay's with us right now. Jay Christian Adams, welcome to News and Views. Thanks. We're going to have to shorten that title. Uh, <laughs> it's a mouthful, but, uh, but, but it does sort of say what you want it to say. Um, well, give us the overview. What, what did your study of North Carolina voter registration, what irregularities did you find? Did you find any? 
Yeah, I'll start with the easiest ones. For reasons I can't explain, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people registered multiple times. Same name, same address. It should be obvious that these are screw-ups. Same age, you know, in other words, same date of birth. And for reasons that I don't understand, North Carolina election officials have just kept these people on the rolls forever. We also have lots of voters who died sometimes 20 years ago, like Hoyle Helms. Hoyle Helms is one of the voters who died in 1997. Uh, He served in World War II. Uh, He died uh, when Bill Clinton was president. For some reason, North Carolina still has him on the voter rolls. So something's gone wrong in Raleigh, and uh, our report shows some of the details of that. What kind of response? I, I would assume that the State Board of Elections has given some sort of response to your, your report. What did they say? Yeah. Well, the State Board of Elections in Raleigh always, uh, their favorite response is to do one of two things, is to act like an ostrich and put their head in the sand or, or get defensive when mistakes are pointed out. We had to sue them to get lists and, and records related to non-citizens registering and voting. We're in federal court they took it the whole way to the Fourth Circuit, where where they lost. We won. And so the history of the North Carolina State Board of Elections is to uh, deny there's a problem, and when you want details of the problem, uh, try to prevent you from getting them. I, I assume that your organization, uh, by the way, we're speaking to Jay Christian Adams, who is with the Public Interest Legal Foundation. I assume your organization, uh, what they did for North Carolina, you do this for states all across the, the nation. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. We, we've we been publishing this sort of data for years. If you look at a report we called Critical Condition, uh, we showed uh, people registered all over the country, multiple states. Like there's a a family in Charlotte that's registered to vote in, in Connecticut and husband and wife family, pair of them, and, and they vote in both states over and over again. So they vote know, we, they, we they, have found things like <laughs> they vote in both states over and over again. Wow. Yeah. And we told the Board of Elections about this years ago and they're still on the rolls in both states. What is isn't that illegal? What's the punishment for that? Is that voter well, fraud? A federal crime to vote for the same office. Uh, same federal office twice. Uh, so, yeah, but that's one of the problems is these election officials don't take it serious. They don't take it serious when there's election fraud. They Because sometimes it's partially their fault because they haven't done the right thing. They've allowed someone to get on the rolls twice, like we found in this report. Uh, they allowed dead people to stay on the rolls for decades, and then someone else votes in their name. So one of the reasons maybe they don't do anything about it is because they have a small measure of blame. Hmm. Benny Hardy is my co-host. He's got a question for you. Uh, hey, Mr. Adams. Sure. Um, the 2020 election in North Carolina, you, you may or may not be familiar with it, but uh, I guess it what July, August, or as late as August or September, North Carolina basically changed the procedures. Yeah. Changing the uh, rules. Based, based on that. Well, the, the that, election that, had actually started. Yeah, the election then, already yeah. started. But uh, one of the things I remember on this straight out of the Board of Elections where they, they basically um, didn't have to prove the signatures and addresses to me you know, like had been done in the past on absentee balances. And, and to your point, I mean, if you've got a, a voter roll that's just full of multiple registrations, uh, your, popula- your population for potential fraud is more, particularly when, when they come into 
to the election centers if you know if they're not really going through the same process that they've done in the past i just think it's just asking for for fraud in north carolina the way it's way it's going on well what happened in north carolina happened all over the country in 2020 for example virginia uh, they issued instructions to tell tell counties they could accept ballots late with no postmarks, which was directly contrary to the law. We sued them. We got that stopped. In North Carolina, there were all sorts of procedures that were being suspended in the name of COVID. Uh, you had a state board of elections who uh, seemed to care less about the law and more uh, about an agenda, and they were breaking the rules uh, and about elections all the time. You just mentioned one of them. And, you know, that's the story of 2020. It wasn't that it wasn't that, you know, the machines were being controlled from outer space. It was the fact that they were suspending the rules. They weren't following the law. uh, And then they were having all of this private money flow into the election administration through a variety of charitable organizations like Mark Zuckerberg funding uh, the Center for Technology and Civic Life. So it was a complicated mix, a toxic mix in 2020 has your organization public interest for legal foundation have you come out with any statements uh, regarding the 2020 general election as to whether or not you thought there was some shenanigans going on well i'll give you one right now there were shenanigans going on i mean you had the pennsylvania uh, supreme court basically suspending pennsylvania law you had nevada going to vote by mail automatic vote by mail without a legislature ever passing it. It was done by fiat. I, I could go around the whole country and describe the shenanigans going on. Um, you know, it, it, was a, it was a total assault on the integrity of the process by suspending the laws that were democratically passed by representatives of the people. That's what happened in 2020. When you look at the what you've discovered in North Carolina, first of all, how do we compare with the other states? I mean, are, are we are we better than most or worse than most or about average? Well, that's a great question because North Carolina is a huge outlier on double voters. In other words, it appears North Carolina has more people voting twice than just about anywhere in the country. But let me caution you. North Carolina also has the most screwed up voter rolls on the voter history file. In other words, did somebody vote or not? And there looks to be serious administrative problems in North Carolina regarding that. The other problem is, is North Carolina won't give you a full date of birth. All they'll do is give you age. So when you don't have a full date of birth, it makes it harder to ferret out fraud and mistakes, which goes back to my point that you know, sometimes election officials don't want you to find the problems on their watch. Hmm. And one way to make it harder is by not giving out the full date of birth to the public. Do you feel like North Carolina is just dragging their feet? I mean, but right now, and I'm sure your organization is at the forefront of this, there are a number of organizations that, are, and, and you hear Republicans saying all the time, because I ask the question every time I have a federal candidate come in and talk to us, what are we doing to make sure that what happened in 2020 now, some people will say it didn't affect the outcome of the election. I'm a little more cynical than that. But what are we doing in 2022 to make sure that we have a fair election without any questionable fraud happening? Well, and it, remember, it's not just fraud. It's system breakdown we need to worry about. Fraud didn't make the difference in 2020. And, and voter fraud is real. I'm not a voter fraud denier. Believe me, it's real. 
and is under-prosecuted and under-reported. But it didn't make the difference in 2020. What made the difference in 2020 was a complete system breakdown where private money was flowing into the election to juice turnout in places like Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Madison, and Milwaukee. And then you had the laws being suspended. That's what, what the 2020 election was all about. Now, here's the good news. Some states have banned private money. About 10 states now have banned private money from going into election offices to tell them what to do. That's what happened in 2020. Mark Zuckerberg gave half a billion dollars to fund private election offices and tell them what to do. In the old days, we used to call those bribes. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, that was banned, but it was not yet banned in North Carolina. It is, is it still not banned in North Carolina or has it been? Correct. Still not banned in North Carolina. Okay. Well, we have one of the state representatives uh, in our in our studios here. We'll ask them in a minute whether or not they're, that's on their agenda for the short session. Uh, Mr. Adams, is, is there any particular uh, – local election boards in North Carolina that are worse than others that did you guys do you guys you know Dig get down that to that detail or? oh boy you got me on the spot now the answer is yes and of course Mecklenburg's on the list we've sued Wake Wake County uh, for having uh, problems on the voter rolls in the past we settled that case there's a couple counties and I wish I could remember one one near Appalachian State and, and one, uh, that, I think, that, over near Greenville. That would be Watauga um, County. Over near Greenville. That's us, Pitt. Yeah, Greenville is <laughs> yeah. Pitt County. Watauga County is uh, where Boone, uh, Appalachian State, is Watauga yeah, County. Yeah. yeah, and they're particularly bad also. How about Durham County? <laughs> well, strangely enough, Durham is not as bad as Wake. I, I can't figure that one out. Mm. Mm. So, I, I, when reading through your report, I noticed that there were some 86,000 unaccounted ballots. First of all, what do you mean by an unaccounted ballot? Well, that's another one of the breakdowns in the process in 2020. And, and that means a ballot that was mailed out to the voter and never came back and counted. So, we don't know what happened to it. Uh, you know, it, it might have been lost in the mail, it might have really gone to the wrong address. It was a screw up somewhere. And that's a lot of ballots to not count. Yeah. <laughs> what what did Trump win by? I mean, it, was a, it wasn't a whole lot more than 86,000. Um, how, how, right. how, ripe, how ripe is North Carolina for a, a major stealing of election? Listen, I, I will say this. You know, can I prove without any hesitation that fraud cost Donald Trump the last election. I, I, I don't know, but I, I, like you, I'm not a fraud denier by any means. I think there was some hanky-panky going on big time. Uh, and, you know, North Carolina is a toss-up state. I mean, it was it was close between Trump and, and Biden last time, and it was close the previous time between Clinton and, and uh, Trump. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if People that want to cause mayhem is, are eyeballing North Carolina. How ripe are we for that? Well, you're actually one of the most dangerous states for it because you have a huge activist population there. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Moral Monday crowd that does everything oh, yeah. they can to break break down the system. So, gentlemen, I've got another radio interview I've got to run. Christian, thank you so much. Let's stay in touch because uh, this is fascinating stuff. Thanks for the work you're doing, and uh, we'll uh, we'll continue to follow it. What's the, what's the website? Oh, he's gone. 
<laughs> when he said he had to run, he had to run. It must have been. It's, it's uh, publicinterestlegal.org. There you go. We're going to take a time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. Whatever it takes. before we went into the break. It is uh, political trivia, so give us a call, 561-8255, 561-8255. Your category, political praise. Got an interesting question for you. Uh, fun question. Give us a call, 561-8255. Uh, your prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or in Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a coach. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, US 70 West in Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. Delicious baked fresh made from scratch goodies. Also an Ironwood gift certificate. And you better get on it if you haven't done your taxes yet. It'll help. A $100 gift certificate to any of the Kidwell H&R Block offices for tax services. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, that's 60 days past before you play again. Up first from uh, Emerald Isle, I think uh, Clark said, was uh, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Hey, hey. You, go. you ready to play? Yeah. All right. Your category, political praise. Here's your question. In today's polarized partisan political world, it is not often that one political party would publicly praise another party. However, in 2010, the National Republican Senatorial Committee released a video celebrating President Barack Obama as one of the greatest presidents. What was the occasion for this very positive affirmation? Oh, it's a toughie. I'll give you a hint. It actually happened on this week in 2010. Hmm. It had to be April Fool's. That's it! (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Bruce. Congratulations. That is it. I was trying to overthink it again. Yeah, you had to. Well, uh, that hint probably helped a little bit, didn't it? Yeah. It, oh, absolutely. Yes, it did. All right. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Emerald Isle. John. What's your last name, John? Bruce. Bruce. Oh, Bruce. What's your last name? <laughs> Where did John come from? Him, too. I have no idea. All right. Um, um, my oh, that's last what, name oh, that's is what. Meyer. <laughs> All right. Well, hang on the line, and uh, Clark's going to get your info, and uh, Benny and I will be right back. Man, I've got certain information, all right? Certain things have come to light, and this could be a, a lot more uh, 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 
uh, complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know. Sharing certain information is perfect for the drive at five with Tom and Beanie. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? News now and when it breaks with lots of blathering in between. I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. We need to get a redo on that uh, bumper. Tom and Beanie. Beanie. Beanie and Cecil. Um, congratulations to Bruce Meyer from Emerald Isle. He got it right. It was April Fool's. That's the only time uh, the uh, President Obama would have been praised by the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Uh, not only did they say he was one of the greatest presidents, they also said he had kept all his promises. So uh, every now and then, our first caller gets it. That's why I say you got to be the first caller. So uh, congratulations to Bruce Meyer. Well, one promise he kept. He said he was going to fundamentally change America. He did and that. He, he sure did. Boy, he did that. Boy, and you got to watch these people. When these, when these Democrats come out and say something, no, I don't care what they say. If they came out and said the sky is blue, I would double check to see if it was. <laughs> you'd have to look up and make sure it was blue. Um, Keith Kidwell is in the uh, studios with us, as he usually is during tax season on Thursdays. Uh, we were just talking to uh, Christian Adams, and uh, he is with the Public Interest Legal Foundation. He was talking about the fact that 10 states have passed laws forbidding Zuckerbucks and the like into their states. So in other words, you cannot have, as uh, Christian Adams said, you cannot have bribery going on involved with your elections. North Carolina, however, has not passed any such law. Uh, is that because you tried and the governor vetoed it, or has that even come up? Yeah, actually, so we did look at the banning Zuckerbucks. Uh, the just, prop- just Zuckerbucks or any, well, that kind of thing? That, that kind of transactions. Okay. Um, and, of course, the, the left has told us, well, that that doesn't create a problem. Why would you even think of doing that? Uh, that it actually, and this is coming from the leadership in the BOE, uh, telling us that uh, it, it actually helps because they can get more employees and do all these wonderful things. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to make those changes, Tom. Unfortunately, as you well know, uh, we passed great legislation that gets vetoed by Cooper, who now owns something like 69% of all vetoes ever in the state of North Carolina. Are owned by Cooper. Are, are owned by Cooper. Um, so really what we're going to have to do, and I, I keep calling it three, two, one, and they're done. And that is we need three seats in the house, two in the Senate, one on the Supreme court and the Democrats are done because we're then going to go in and make the changes we need to make on things like election laws and Zuckerbucks and, you know, constitutional carry and, and pro-life bills and things of that nature. So did the, did the Zuckerbuck bill pass the legislature? Uh, there was a bill drafted and it, it made no move at all. It's, it's sitting there. But, of course, most of the election laws, I, I've drafted a bunch of election laws. I, one of them I call the You're Too Stupid bill. Uh, it, it, <laughs> okay. It, yeah, it, euphemistically, that's not the real name, but uh, it's a bill that says if you fail to use due care and diligence in working in the election process, in other words, you, you leave a box of ballots out by the car till 1030 at night, uh, you can't work in the election process because you don't have the aptitude to do it. At least, I mean, it seems to me that it ought to be some sort of criminal punishment attached well, to something at like, that blatant. My son and I just had this discussion on the way over here tonight. And as you well know, uh, if, if you came right out and said, you know, we're going to make it a felony if you leave that box out by your car, it, it's not going to happen. We have to be willing to do what the left has done for the last 30 years 
and that's to die, you know, have them die the death of a thousand cuts because we've got to take it one piece at a time. So let's start with just saying you can't work there. And then as things go on, we'll, we'll have to move that to, you know, maybe it's a felony if you fail to, uh, to properly execute your job. Uh, yeah, because the problem is we know that when it's something as light as you can't work there anymore, guys like Zuckerberg will come out and say, don't worry about it. If you get fired, I'll give you a check for yep. X number of dollars and make yep. sure everything's covered. Well, I'm even talking from a volunteer position, Tom. Yeah. If you're a volunteer, so let's go to Gaston County, North Carolina, the last presidential election. Uh, the people who had the keys to the, the polls failed to show up for work to open the polls at opening time. They didn't get there until 40 minutes late, and it was two Democrats that had the keys. Those two people should never be allowed to work in elections again because they're not smart enough to set an alarm clock. I think that's disenfranchisement, isn't it? I mean, it, if it, it, call it what you want. I call it, you know what I call it? I'm going to go back to Donald Trump. You're fired. Yeah. Well, that goes against a Democrat. Uh, philosophy is a vote early and often yeah so it does, yeah, they don't they didn't even open early they didn't open early well no. the entire state <laughs> benny if you remember we had to keep the entire state's polls open for an extra 40 minutes because of those two lunkheads mm-hmm. i mm. do remember that now. yeah mm. gaston county yep there you go so, I, I think it makes sense how much did it cost us i wanted to keep the polls open that much longer that those two people that couldn't show up for work on time um and and unlock the facility it, it had to cost us a million dollars it also wow. gave Durham County a few extra 40, yeah. 40 minutes to get some more ballots. <laughs> it's a, it's, it is amazing how inept they are. Uh, it's, it's, uh, that, they are. That's an overstatement. There are some great people that work in because my wife's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> she works at the poll. But, uh, yeah, but it's, it's amazing what, what can happen and what does happen. Fox News is reporting President Biden's administration has released a series of documents encouraging gender reassignment surgery and hormone treatments for minors. This came out today. The Department of Health and Human Services Office of Population Affairs released a document Thursday titled Gender Affirming Care for Young People. The same day, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's National Child Traumatic Stress Network Another subset of HHS released a parallel document entitled Gender Affirming Care is Trauma-Informed Care. Now, what's interesting about this is this comes under the banner of mental health services. And I'm sorry, they are encouraging minors to go out. I mean, and they're going to, you watch, they'll pay for it. Right now they're affirming it, but they'll end up paying for it. Um, Both breast augmentation and what they call bottom surgery. And you don't have to be a genius to figure out what bottom surgery is. And, uh, yeah, it's either, well, you can figure it out. The president <laughs> came out today, and he decided he would give a little video speech. This is cut to Clark, uh, to coincide with the new policies. This features Cousin Eddie talking about transgenderism. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility. I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, Kamala, Doug, our entire administration sees you for who you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. But we know it's hard when there are those out there who don't see you and don't respect you. For example, the onslaught of anti-transgender state laws, attacking you and your families, is simply wrong. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, 
on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. Today, we're announcing even more steps, but there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color, to ensure transgender seniors can age with dignity, dignity, and to finally pass a bipartisan Equality Act to help transgender persons around the world live free from discrimination and violence. Above all, to be there with you. To parents of transgender children, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. To any transgender American who's struggling, please know that you're not alone. To parents and children alike, please ask for help. And know this, you're so brave, you belong, and we have your back. God bless you all. Be brave. Listen, those who suffer, and transgender dysphoria is, is real. Gender dysphoria is real. I, I, I don't argue that. But to go in for a, a child and saying, we will remove your genitals is child abuse. It is. Pure and simple child abuse. And how this, this idea that we're going to, you know, we're, we're not going to have any discrimination. So we're going to look, somebody's going to be discriminated. When Leah Thomas goes in as a, quote, female swimmer who competed with the guys for three years and was just basically average and comes in and is setting all kinds of records for women uh, somebody's being discriminated against there. And it's not Leah Thomas. It is the other women that are competing. And uh, th- this whole, he is just sucking up to the woke crowd. It is disgusting. Well, think about how far we've come. From 2008, Barack Obama ran on a platform that marriage was between a man and a woman. Yeah. I mean, that's 14 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Now we're to the point that uh, if you're a person that you just disagree with that that a, that a man a biological man can swim with with uh and compete with girls then you're just demonized i mean you're demonized and counseled and uh that's in a short 14 years so i i, I can't imagine where we will be 14 years from now well here's the thing 14 years from now we might be facing a avalanche of lawsuits that the American taxpayer is going to have to bail out. Uh, I can see some court saying, yeah, what the federal government did, you know, this, this policy that Joe Biden implemented, we're going to have all kinds of lawsuits because it's already happening. Not the lawsuits so much, although you have seen one or two of those pop up, but you have seen people that have gone in at an early age, had the, had the surgery, and they realized, boy, this is, this is not me this is not who i am this is and and the suicide rates now again liberals will say well the suicide rates is because we're not affirming them listen i understand they need counseling but but let's have some let's have some scientific based counseling and these are the same people that want to follow the science and yet they say okay if you're if you're a biological male and you feel like you're a female then you must be a female and yet these are the same people that say follow the science going in for back surgery, getting an implant for a back device, he has to go have a psychological evaluation for that. Do, do these people doing the transgender surgeries, do they have mm-hmm. to have psychological? Good, good Everything I've read about, it's, it's very minimal. It's very minimal. You'd think that would be the, the first thing. And I mean, again, for, for decades, uh, are we going to say for decades and decades and decades? And, and, go, and all you do is got to go back maybe 15, 20 years. 
this was this was considered a a mental handicap, and you got all kinds of psychological help to straighten these people out. Today, <laughs> you talk about it being a a psychological handicap or a mental de- deficiency, and uh, they want to lock you up for for speaking the truth. I mean, that's a, that's a great that's a great question. I don't know how deep it is, but I bet your friend for back surgery had to answer more questions than the average uh, minor that wants to go in and get puberty blockers or whatever they're asking for. 123 questions. It, 123 questions. 123 questions. Wow. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it is, but it's child abuse. It's child abuse, and the woke crowd just continues to push it. Makes you sick. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Congratulations again to our political trivia winner, Bruce Meyer from Emerald Isle. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.